1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 23 with 27. Some of you may recognize that scene on the, on the, on the screen there. Uh, Forrest Gump. I don't know if everybody's seen that movie. Some of you probably have. And uh, part of Forrest Gump, he, uh, he spends a, a large portion of his time running back and forth from one side of the United States to the other uh, at one point in the movie. And that's what that uh, picture is of. And we'll uh, get to the, the point of that maybe in just a, a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul had talked a little bit uh, to the people of Corinth about not treating he and Barnabas right. They weren't taking care of he and Barnabas in the way that they should. But Paul said, nonetheless, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on doing right. I'm not going to force you guys to do something you don't want to. He says, I'm just going to preach God's word because that's what God has called me to do. And that's kind of in a nutshell what Paul was talking about last week. And then he kind of shifts gears a little bit here in these verses today. So we'll start with verse 24. We'll read through them. Then we'll pray, and then we'll jump into them in a little more detail. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away but we a crown that will never fade away. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and I thank you for these words and I pray that you would help us to to get them today, dear Lord. I pray that you would help our minds to be free of thoughts of the world, free of distractions, free of things we may be worried about or thinking about, dear Lord. I pray that in these few minutes that the Holy Spirit would just touch our heart in a way that we see areas in our life that aren't where they need to be. Dear Lord, maybe we, some of us need to see today, maybe there's some in this place that need to see that they're not even running the race or they're running a race that they're going to lose, dear Lord. So help us to see Jesus Christ so that we can run and be on the winning team, dear Lord. I pray that you just would hide me behind the cross. I pray that you just would give me the words to say. I pray that you'd be glorified, dear Lord God, and I pray that you just speak to us and, and, and through these words that we're going to look at today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I, I love when Olympics come around. I love the Olympics. Now, they only come around every, every few years. We get uh, Winter Olympics every couple years. Then we'll get Summer Olympics. Then uh, they just kind of stay on a rotation. But I love to watch the Olympics because these people who are performing in the Olympics and whatever sport they are uh, performing in, they are the best of the best in their sport. I mean, these guys that are, that, are, that are running, they are running fast. These guys and girls that are swimming, they're, they're swimming fast. And these men and women that compete in these games are giving everything that they have. And it's all for a purpose. It's all so that they can win the gold medal. It's all so that they can win the prize at the end of it all. Each person goes and each person that's in those Olympic Games is there to represent their country. They are a representative for the country who is sending them. And at the end of each race, at the end of each event, whoever wins that event, that country's national anthem is played. That person is standing up on the highest pedestal. That person is holding 
the gold medal. And Paul kind of uses this illustration at several points throughout the New Testament. We see this idea of, of, of athletes training. Uh, back then, even in Greece, way back in Paul's day, there would have been the Olympian Games. Now, probably not so different than what we have today. There were rules that were to be followed. There were different events that were to be held. And, and, and this would have been a big deal back even in Paul's day in those days. There were a few different types of games that would have taken place during the time in which this was written. And this illustration that Paul used of being an athlete, both here and in other spots in the scripture, uh, would have probably made sense to the people. It was a good illustration. And here he is using that to try to help the people uh, understand that they need to keep running the race, that they need to keep on working for the Lord. Verse 24, don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race? but only one receives the prize. Now, when Paul says only one receives the prize, it may be better for us to think of it about here as there is only one winner. There is only one winner. Now, in the case of Christianity, uh, Paul is not saying there's only going to be one Christian who is going to win the prize, but instead he's saying there are going to be some that are going to be winners and there are going to be some who are going to be losers. Those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are going to be winners. They are going to be victorious. They are going to be the ones that win the prize. The prize being an eternity in heaven with the Lord. The prize being the rewards that we will receive from the Lord for our works. Now what those rewards will look like, what they will be, I don't know. But we see God talk about those rewards in His Word. We see that idea of the Christian uh, being in heaven. We see that idea of victory through Jesus Christ. And Paul is pointing out that there are uh, two groups. There are winners and there are losers. Those who are in Jesus Christ are going to be victorious. And those who are not in Jesus Christ are not going to win the prize. They are not going to win an eternity in heaven. They are not going to receive the rewards of the Lord. Instead, they will spend an eternity in hell separated from the Lord. And they will experience God's wrath instead of God's blessing. And Paul is saying here to the people of Corinthians, you need to be those who run as those who are going to win the prize. And we need to do the same. We need to make sure that we are living our life in a way that we are going to win the prize. What prize is going to be awaiting you at the end of your life? When we all stand before the Lord, what is God going to say to us? Is He going to crown us with victory through Jesus Christ? Are we going to receive a reward for our works? We don't re receive salvation for our works. Don't misunderstand. We receive salvation through Jesus Christ, but God also rewards us for our works. What is God going to say to us and give to us when that day comes after we have run this race of life? Are we going to be excited and happy because we received the prize? Or are we going to be disappointed because we came up short? Paul's telling the Corinthian people here, run like those who are going to win the prize. That is, seek Jesus Christ, trust Jesus Christ, live for Him, don't give up, run the race with endurance. Not everybody is going to win the prize. Wouldn't it be great if everyone in this room and everyone in this world would submit their life to Jesus Christ, make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and accept what He did for them on the cross? Would that not be amazing? Wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone we knew we were going to see one day in heaven 
that would be wonderful. But as Paul says here, the reality is, is not everyone is going to win the prize. Are you going to win the prize? Perhaps you are going to win the prize. Perhaps you are going to be rewarded at the end of life. What about your family? What about your friends? Are they going to experience that? Are they running the race in vain? Their life that they're living, the decisions they make, the things that they're doing, are they doing them for the Lord? Have they given their life to Jesus Christ? Are they just running the race in vain? Or are they running with a purpose that is going to be rewarded at the end of life? Paul says, look, let us run like people who are going to win the race. Now any of these... Olympic athletes, I can only assume this because I'm not an Olympic athlete and I don't know any, but I would assume that every Olympic athlete probably spends days, weeks, months, years preparing and planning and getting ready for that event. These men and women who are competing at the highest level, it's not like they just wake up one day and say, all right, today's the day. I think I'm going to go out there and win the gold medal. That's not how it works. There is much training that goes into it. They have to watch their diet. They can't eat what they want to eat. That's why I'll never be an Olympian. You know what I had for breakfast this morning? Chocolate cake and coffee. That's not what Olympians have for breakfast. I like to eat steak. I like to eat pizza. I like to eat chicken strips. And I don't think that there are probably too many Olympians who are eating those things. You know how much exercise I've done in the last five years? Zero. I'm not going to be an Olympian. I just can't get up and say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to win the prize. I'm just going to sit back, eat what I want, do what I want, and I'm just going to be rewarded for that. It's not going to happen. But these who are, who are competing in these games, they are, they, are, they are doing just right. They are eating just right. They are exercising just right. They are putting everything into it. They are, they are going through those hard days. They are going without. They have self-control. They have discipline so that they can win the prize. And for those of us who are Christians, we are no different. That is, there are some things that are required of us. There are some things we may have to give up. There are some things we may have to be disciplined and self-controlled in so that we can be those who are running the race with endurance so that we don't just give up and say, God, it's too much. You've called me to too much, God. Well, God's already given us too much. With our salvation in Jesus Christ, we don't deserve that. That's more than we ever have deserved. But God does call us to serve Him, and that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy, but God does call us to that. And Paul reminds us that we need to run this race with endurance and be ready for what may come our way. Let's read a little further, verse 25. Now everyone who competes exercises self-control and everything. We just talked about that. It's very important for the athlete to, to make sure that they are getting the rest they need, that they are eating the diet they need, that they are, that they are working out in the way that they need to. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. Paul says, look, these athletes that are working these gold medals, no matter how many you get, what he's saying is ultimately it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Now, now back in these days, uh, the crowns that would have been given uh, would have probably been uh, uh, crowns that would have been uh, made out of olive branches uh, and, and leaves and, and painted gold. Perhaps you've seen some of these, uh, these, this imagery from, from old movies or from old history books, and that would have been what they would have been given. They would have actually been given a crown if they would have won those games in those times. 
But it was a crown that literally would pass away. It was just a natural thing that was eventually going to die and it was going to pass away. Even these athletes that we have now, these Olympians that we have now that have these gold medals, guess what? In, in the grand scheme of things, they really are worthless. They really are worthless. Now, are they nice to have? Is there anything wrong with them uh, receiving that reward and, and being proud of, of, of the work that was accomplished? Well, absolutely not. They worked. They did good. Uh, they were good at what they did. There's no nothing wrong, necessarily, with these medals that they received. But in the long run, the medals, the rewards that are given on this world, whether they're a crown on your head or whether they're a medal you wear around your neck, these are things that have no significance for all of eternity. Even Michael Phelps, boy, that guy, he's got a bunch of them. He's got like 20-something gold medals, right? I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. Usain Bolt, he's never not gotten a gold medal. Can you imagine in three straight Olympics, I think so many he's been in, he's never not won a gold medal. He's always been the best in everything that he's done. That's pretty unbelievable. But no matter how good he may be in this world, no matter if he's the best in everything that there is that he's ever been in, guess what? That's not going to have any effect and his salvation and his eternity if he hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. There's no amount of accomplishment in this world that is going to give us the prize and the life to come except for Jesus Christ. And we need to get that. There's no accomplishment in this world that you can come to that is going to get you forgiveness of your sins, that's going to get you grace and mercy, that's going to get you to heaven. There is nothing that you can do in this world on your own except for trust in Jesus Christ and what He did. Don't matter how many gold medals you win, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how famous you are, how successful you are, none of those things matter. They're not going to get you the prize, but Jesus Christ is the prize. Jesus Christ gave everything. Talk about self-control. Talk about uh, being able to, uh, to give up everything for somebody. Boy, Jesus Christ did it. Jesus is like the ultimate athlete. Like He was preparing for this for 33 years to give everything he had on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven. And Paul is calling the people's attention to that. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. But we a crown that will never fade away. So here's where Paul is making a distinction in the illustration. He's, he's comparing the, the Christian life, the running the race that Christians do, with this idea of athletes running in a stadium. And then he says, look, they receive a reward, and so will we who are in Christ receive a reward. But he says, here's the difference. Those who, who do things for the world, their reward will pass away, but those who are in Christ, our reward will never pass away. Ever. Never. That's pretty good stuff right there. Everything that we've ever worked for, everything that we have ever achieved, everything that we have ever done in this world will pass away. All of our land that we've accumulated, all of our bank accounts that we have saved up, all of our vehicles that we have bought, everything that we have created, everything that we have done on our own in this world, guess what? It's all going to be gone. And even worse than that, a hundred years after you die, nobody's probably going to know who you are. A hundred years after I die, the reality is that there probably won't be too many people that will remember who Shan Van Norman is, except for some historian that has a list of a bunch of people's names. 
But the reality is the things that we do a hundred years after we're dead and gone, no matter how much land we've got, how big of a house we've got, how much money we had, nobody's going to remember what I had. It'll be somebody else's land. My old home will be tore down. My money will be long gone. Whoever comes after me will spend all that money in a heartbeat. They won't save it like I've been saving it. I don't save it. But I'm just saying, as an example, the point being is those things that we have are going to be gone. Those things don't matter. So the question is, why are we wasting our time and efforts and energy on things that don't matter? Now that question that I just asked, that just convicted me. That hit close to home. And maybe it did for you too. I don't know anybody's heart or life or what's going on. But that's a good question. Why are we so worried and focused on things that ain't going to matter? Paul says the things of the world are not, I shouldn't have said ain't, that's not proper English. Not that that matters, half the things I say aren't proper English. These things that are not going to matter. But Paul says that there are things that will matter. There are things that will be eternal, and that is those things we do in Christ. There are things in this world that we can do that will have a lasting impact, that will have an eternal effect, and that is if we're investing in people and we are telling them about Jesus Christ, if we are leading lost souls to Jesus Christ, if we are leading them to forgiveness, if we are leading them to redemption, if we are telling them truth, if we are getting them to the light so that their life is changed by accepting Jesus Christ and they do God's work and they love people and other lives are changed, guess what? Those are changes that will be eternal because we'll see those people in heaven. And the people that they reached will see in heaven. And the people that they reached will see in heaven. And the people that they reached will see in heaven. And who knows how many people we could see in heaven based on one soul that we may share the good news with. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things that we should be working for as Christians. Those are the things that we should be striving for. Why? Because that is eternal. Not our stuff. Not our things. Not our position. Not how well-recognized or how well-liked we are, but the people whose lives we touch by sharing Jesus Christ with them. We don't do anything in their life. We just tell them the good news. But Jesus is the one that changes their life. And Paul says, run the race in a way to know that what you win is not going to fade away. Put the work into areas in your life that you know your work is going to count for something and not going to fade away. Not only that you will receive the prize and the reward and the blessings that come from doing God's work, but so those who you, whose lives you touch and share the good news with will also receive the prize and the reward that will never pass away. Verse 26, Therefore I do not run like run one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. So Paul says, Look, I'm not living my life in a way that I'm running aimlessly with no purpose. Now, in the movie Forrest Gump, he ran back and forth from one side of the country to the other. You know why? For no reason whatsoever. He just was running. He was running aimlessly. Now, it's pretty admirable that he could, he could run back and forth across the United States a dozen times or how many he did it. But what did he accomplish by doing that? Absolutely nothing. He was running aimlessly. And how many of us spiritually may be doing the same thing? How many of us are running around aimlessly but not really having an impact for the kingdom of God? 
That's a good question for us to think about. Now we run around from church to here to there. We run around to this, this thing that has to do with God. And we run around to that thing that has to do with God. And we run here and we run there. But are we really doing anything that has an impact for the Lord? Are we really reaching people for the Lord? Or are we just running aimlessly? He says, look, I'm not like a, like a boxer that's boxing air. I'm not just, I'm not just, 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 just hitting the air here. You can be, I could be a good boxer if I was just boxing the air. I could win every time. But Paul knew that, that, that in real life, that just boxing air or just going through motions wasn't going to make a difference. Because he knew eventually there was going to be a fight that he would be involved in. That's why he says, I have fought the good fight. Now, I don't think that Paul was talking about he was literally going out there and boxing people. Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus died for you. I don't think that that's what Paul meant. But he, he said, look, I can't just go through the motions. I'm not just out here just, just killing time, just boxing air. Paul knew that there were going to be circumstances. He knew that there were going to be times in his life where he was going to have to fight the good fight. And air was not going to fight back. But oftentimes, as Christians, we come across those who are going to fight back. Hopefully, not ever for any of us by getting punched in the face, but it may happen. It happens. A lot worse happens to Christians in this world today. But Paul says, I'm not going to be like one who runs aimlessly. I'm not going to be like one who boxes the air. Paul says, I'm going to run with a purpose. I'm going to run where I need to run. And that's exactly what he did. All these places that he went to, all these letters that we read that he wrote to these places, guess what? He was running with a purpose. He would run to where people were that needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. He would run to where people were that needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And do we run to where people are that need to hear gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or do we sit here and hope that they run in the door? Because that's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen. Now, sometimes God convicts people and they come into the churches, praise the Lord. Some of you may have done that. But what Paul did and what Jesus did, they covered a lot of ground, by the way, is they went to where the people were. They were not just running aimlessly. They were running with a purpose. Paul was saying, these people in Corinth, they need to hear the good news. They need to hear the truth of the gospel. I'm going to go to them and I'm going to tell them what God's word says so that some of them may be saved. See, Paul was running with a purpose. Are you running with a purpose? It's great that we get to come here. I hope a lot of people just come through that door. But we also have a purpose just like the sign says, as Mr. Jerry was pointing out to me for service today, uh, we are entering a mission field. That is, we go out into the world because we want to bring people back in here to grow in Christ with us so that they too can go out into the world and bring others back in to worship Christ. And we can all grow and we can all run the race and we can all run the race with a purpose as those who are going to win the prize. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So at the beginning, Paul was kind of talking to the people. But at the end, Paul says, look, i got to pay attention to myself too. This is a good verse for, for pastors to read. He says, I can't just stand up here and preach to you and tell you what to do. But Paul says, i got to preach to myself so that I'm not disqualified. Now, 
that, that's kind of a tough verse. Is Paul saying that, that maybe he believes he could lose his salvation? That he's saying he's going to be disqualified from the prize? That is, if he doesn't do right, that he could lose his salvation in Jesus Christ? I don't think that that's what Paul is saying. But I do think what Paul is saying here is, look, if I don't run the race right, if I don't do right, I'll be disqualified. That is, I won't be able to partake in the reward that I would have been able to partake in. Now, Paul addressed that earlier on. We looked at that in 1 Corinthians where he talks about anything that we build on any foundation other than Jesus Christ, talking to Christians here, when that day comes that God will judge those things, anything that's not built on Jesus Christ will be destroyed, will be burned up. But the person will be spared. The person will escape even though it's an escape by fire. So what Paul was saying in those verses, you can go back, I don't know what they were, they're back at the beginning of Corinthians, you can find them, ask me later, I'll tell you. But what Paul was saying here is, look, you could be a Christian and be living your life running aimlessly and not be doing things for the Lord and there's not going to be any reward there. You'll still receive your salvation, you'll still make it to heaven, you'll still win the prize of eternity with Jesus Christ, but you won't receive the reward. But Paul doesn't want us to be like those who are who are building on a foundation other than Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't want us to be like those who are, who are running without a purpose. Paul doesn't want us to be those who focus on a prize that is one day going to disappear. But Paul wants us to be like those who are going to focus on a crown that is going to last forever. Uh, not just a crown that is going to fade away and die because it's made with olive branches, but a crown that is going to show that we are victorious in Jesus Christ. A reward that will never fade. And Paul says, I've got to watch myself to make sure that I'm doing right too. And this idea of receiving a prize, this idea of, uh, of receiving a crown, this idea of receiving a reward, we see it time and time again throughout the text. We see it in the book of Revelation. We see it in many times in the New Testament that God's Word tells us that those who are in Christ, those who are victorious, will receive a crown. We'll receive something that doesn't perish. We will receive something that doesn't fade away. But isn't it something? Isn't it something that we can share in that victory? Even Isn't it something that we as sinners who are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ when we come to Him, isn't it something that we get to wear a crown when we make it to heaven? That's a pretty good deal. And we get to wear a crown when we make it to heaven as our reward because Jesus Christ wore a crown so that we could get there. He wore a crown of thorns. I'm talking about a crown that, that will not fade away. And Jesus Christ, He wore a crown of thorns. He suffered and died so that we could wear a crown of victory, so that we could wear a crown of eternity, a reward of being there and being looked at as a child of God. Jesus took and wore what was passing away so that he could share with us something that wasn't passing away. That's good stuff. When you talk about self-control, when you talk about discipline, when you're talking about giving everything that you can so that the prize can be won, isn't it pretty amazing that Jesus Christ gave everything and was disciplined and had self-control so that we could receive the prize? And Paul says here, Run this race with endurance. Run like one with your eye on the prize. Not a prize of the world that will pass away, but the prize of Jesus Christ and what He did on your behalf. And we need to listen to what Paul's word 
has to say to us. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and I thank you for these good words. And I, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he gave. And dear Lord, help us not to forget that. God, maybe there are some things that we need to give up, that we need to give to, dear Lord God. So help us to see those things. Help us to be able to run the race that's set before us, dear Lord. Help us not to run aimlessly. God, help us to maybe see areas where we're just spinning our tires and help us to, to run with a purpose. Help us to be ready for those, those spiritual battles, those fights that may come our way, dear Lord. It's not easy when, we, when we're out on a, with a purpose on a journey. But God, help us to remember that that's what you call us to. You called us to be out and about and to, and to have ourselves prepared. So help us to prepare our hearts, to prepare our bodies by reading your word, by coming and fellowshipping with you, by growing in one another, dear Lord, so that we can encourage one another to run this race, God, so that we ourselves will win the prize. God, maybe there's one in here that has never accepted Jesus Christ. Maybe there's one in here that's been living for the world and they've been focused on what they can build up here and maybe today for the first time they realize that that doesn't matter. God, I pray that you would turn their eye to Jesus Christ, that you would help them to share in the victory, dear Lord, that they're not not of the, the, the losing side, dear Lord, that won't receive your blessing and your eternity in heaven, but God, that they would be on the victorious side, the winning side, the side with eternal blessing that never pass away. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we may experience that. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.